Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Hey guys, welcome back to another Born and Raised Audio Experience presented by Onyx Hunt. This is a podcast we took off a video we did a while back on YouTube with uh, Dirk Durham on calling tactics and how to call. We hope you can learn a thing or two from our experiences, so without further ado, let's jump right in. Alright, so we uh, we get a lot of comments on calls, guys. I think that's a big, big uh, thing, especially for us. That's our primary way that we hunt elk, right? Yep. Let's call. Yep. So we've got the professional caller here, both the professionals here. I'll be the amateur in this whole play. But um, we're just going to kind of briefly go through uh, different calls, uh, different, just the different sounds that elk make. How about that? Yeah, I right? know, yeah. exactly. Uh, so one thing we kind of want to touch on is just diaphragm calls in general. There's a, a ton of different calls in the market. They're not all made the same. Um, there's different tape shapes. There's different latex thicknesses, stretch. And not all call is going to work for me, and not all calls are going to work for you guys. Yeah. Um, just prime example, all three of us prefer something different. And, you know, we still have the same achievable sounds out of all of them, but they're, they're just, like I said, thickness and stretch is going to be the biggest dictator of what that sound comes out of and how you place the call in your mouth. So I think it's a big misconception, too. Like, I've talked to a lot of people that just wrote flat out, I can't blow a diaphragm call. I can't do it. It's just like anything. You never could shoot a bow before either, before you got and practiced and practiced and practiced. It's the same thing with these. It's it's not a either, well, I can or can't. In my mind, because I was one of those guys that, like, I can't blow one. I could never blow one until I just kept trying and finally got a squeal out of it and then turned that squeal into something else. And and that kind of rolls into like positioning in the mouth, right? Right. Like yep. you position your call way different. You, you're you way up on the roof of your mouth right, on the top. Right. Yep. And uh, everybody's palate's a little bit different. I have my call way, way forward, almost against my front teeth, almost on the back of my teeth. Yeah, and mine actually rest on the back of my teeth. You can see indentions on the call of it being all the way forward and a very steep angle. So I can't blow a light latex and a light stretch because the angle of the call is different in my mouth versus being on like Dirk's mouth up on the top roof. So it, it all kind of plays around. The other side of it too, I think a lot of people throw one in and they throw it way too far back, instantly gag and like, oh, nope. And yep. uh, kind of quit before even trying. Yeah. 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 Or maybe maybe a fitting too far forward gives them a tickling sensation on your tongue. So um, you just experiment front and back. And a lot of times uh, for me, right in the middle of my tongue, that's probably the strongest point of my tongue. Not on the tips, not very strong. In the back, not very strong, but right in the middle where I can flex up my tongue, push pressure against that latex as I blow it, and I have better control of it. So you have to just kind of experiment to find where that strong spot is on your own tongue, and then kind of practice from there. Yeah, and then the other time is like where Dirk's talking about the middle of the tongue. You'll, a lot of times you're gonna anchor your tongue against the bottom of the, your teeth there in the front and then use your tongue as the arch to kind of control that airflow as it goes against the reed. So you'll, you'll anchor your tongue there. Is that, is that how you do it? Yeah, I, I don't put a lot of pressure on the teeth, but I, I, I have it kind of anchored right, right behind the teeth. I make my tongue pretty firm and hard and then push up with it. You know, you don't want your tongue to just kind of be loosey-goosey in there. You want it to flex and that gives you that control. To come on and off. Of yep. Yeah. And I I have a lot of air patches because I have a really, really steep palate. So I the way I do it, even if the, I don't get 
perfect seal on the call, I blow enough air by it that it still works. That's the one way that I can get it to work. Um, everybody's different. Everybody. Yeah. And I've met a lot of guys who have a very narrow palate. And the typical cookie cutter call is not going to work for them just because their palate's so narrow, their teeth even hang up on the sides of this tape. So what you can do is you can trim that tape down to make it fit better to see if it'll uh, work with your palette shape. Or you can even, I've, I've got a buddy that uh, took a pair of scissors and made a notch cut here, like you're notching a tag, like the shape of a piece of pizza on each side here and here. And uh, it, it, allowed, it allowed him to bugle better. It kept, the, kept all the air from blowing by. Yep. He got a lot of blow by. So if, if you're blowing your call and you have a lot of uh, like airy sounds, like you're getting a lot of blow by on your reed, do a little experimentation. Clip, do a little couple little notches on there. It's not gonna damage your, the, 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 the diaphragm really at all, but it may just allow that thing to seal better and you'll get a louder and a better, more crystal clear bugle. Yeah, and then we kind of talk about airflow. I think just on the real basic mechanics, think about it, all this air is coming from your diaphragm. It's not like you're trying to blow out a candle, you're trying to fog glasses, and it's this To get that guttural. Yeah, is where your air is coming from. It's a higher pressure versus the volume of like trying to blow a candle out. And guys, if you do have that narrow palate and you still can't do it, don't take no for an answer. I had a guy put this, this call right between his front lips and hold it with his teeth. And I'm like, well, what's that sound like? So I, I thought I, I practiced very little with it and doing it like that, you can make a bugle. It's hanging out of your mouth. And it's literally hanging out of my mouth. And I'm instead of using my tongue for that tension, I'm using my lip. So don't be afraid to think out of the box. If, if you want to call elk, you can find a way. And they make other things. You don't have to do this. You can, they make external calls. They make, uh, there, there's a lot of those out there too, different types and different styles. Play around with what works for you. Like Dirk said, don't just let it be that whole excuse of, well, I can't do it. So, you know, or just have a buddy that calls really good. Yeah. And then you just kind of downplay it and you're like, <laughs> oh works, man, dude. you're so good at that. That's awesome. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. That's that's what you always tell me. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Your, so the jig's I, up. I can't wait to hunt with you this the year. The jig is up. Yeah. yeah. So but the, and there is kind of something priceless though about having a diaphragm while you're bow hunting and have the ability to stop that animal when you have a shot opportunity. So it's definitely worth the effort to try to figure it out and at least you know, if you gotta make a cougar call sound out of it, whatever anything, kind of noise, anything. You know, have that call in your mouth. Yeah. But we want to kind of take some time today and now kind of break down some of the sounds that we use in September and how we call elk. Okay guys, using a diaphragm to make cow calls is awesome because you can be very versatile and get lots of different emotions in it. You can make cow calls, you can make calf calls with it. You can make a little higher pitch, you can make a little lower pitch. So here's what it's going to sound like. Here's kind of a mature cow. It's going to be able to have a little deeper tone to it and it's going to be kind of a relaxed sound. you want to put a little bit more emotion into it. Sometimes uh, when I get a bull that answers, I'm going to give him a little bit more uh, emotion in my call and sound like I'm pretty interested and maybe a little, little bit excited. I'm going to put some yearning into this call.
And then for calf calls, they're gonna be really short and kind of chirpy. Calves like to talk a lot. Some people even say that's the surefire method to pull a bull right in. I've never found a silver bullet quite yet, but it does work a lot and it gives adds a lot of realism to your setup if you can have some different cow pitches that sound like you're not just one cow over there, maybe you're two or three different elk. So you wanna mix the cow calls with the, with the calf calls. You can cup your hand and you can almost get a little bit directional with them. So if you want to cast your calls over this way or over that way, you can cup your hand and kind of send them that way. Um, a lot of times too, if you're hunting big country and you really want that cow call to, to travel and down into those big old canyons or up on a big high ridge, if you're calling from the bottom, you can call into your tube and amplify that. I don't seal off all the air here because if you seal it off, it gets a little bit fluty sounding, like Doug Flutie. No, what you want to do is leave a little bit of air to escape on the sides. That way the notes, you don't build too much back pressure and the notes don't, don't articulate too much. And that'll kind of amplify and you can point it in the right direction that you want the sound to go and it gives you a little more directionality to your cow calls. All right, now we're gonna talk a little bit about locator bugles, location bugles. So typically a location bugle is gonna be a pretty non-aggressive bugle, a real high note stretched out a long time and that kind of drops off at the end. And it's gonna sound something like this. Non-aggressive. Now, sometimes I'll do a full bugle as well where I I begin at the bottom of the octaves, run all the way to the top, and then run back to the bottom. But still, we're gonna let, let this call draw way out and be a little longer. We're, we don't wanna sound aggressive. We're just putting out the vibe to say, oh, hey there, I'm an elk, I'm over here, guys. Don't forget about me. We're gonna talk about a bark scream and a bark chuckle. So a bark is basically a very exaggerated cow call. So, but what you're gonna do is you're gonna put a lot more air pressure to it and you're gonna, you're gonna push a lot more uh, pressure with your tongue as well. But it's gonna be a quick, a quick concise hit with your tongue on there. So without the tube, it's gonna sound a little bit like this. Now we're gonna put our inflector voice at the end. We're gonna, we're gonna make a sound that sounds like somebody's punching you right in the gut. You wanna do that right after the diaphragm talks. <coughs> Slow it down, it's gonna sound like this. Doesn't sound very good without a tube. You put a tube in the mix, it's gonna sound like this. Now you can put that at the beginning right before a, a scream or right before some chuckles. And depending on the mood we're trying to create with that elk, depends on what noise we're gonna make. So the bark and the scream. And then the bark with the chuckle. So I like to talk about the difference between the two. A chuckle is a quicker, more concise 
type call, whereas a grunt is a little bit more long and drawn out. It seems like where I hunt in Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, some of the bulls that are a little bit younger, maybe the two and a half year old bulls that really haven't learned how to vocalize like some of the older bulls do, they make that little quick chuckle. It's kind of almost, almost like a nervous sound and it's gonna sound something like this. To make that call, it's, it's kind of like an exaggerated cow call, but you're, you're not pushing nearly as hard as like when we're trying to do a bark, but we're putting a little less air pressure and a little less tongue pressure on that call. And you're almost letting that call float on your tongue a little bit. You're just lightly flexing up on it in between each chuckle. And what you wanna make sure you do is you take a deep breath, start chuckling, but then in between each chuckle, you wanna breathe as well. A lot of guys make a big mistake by trying to do a bunch of chuckles on one breath. And what happens is that you don't get the cadence right and you kinda of run out of air and they just sound weird and you don't get the right distance in between. To talk about grunts so a grunt is a, a lot uh, a little bit longer call and it's almost like a, a, a shortened bugle if you will and I'll go ahead and demonstrate you see the notes are a lot longer so I'm I'm putting more air pressure to them and I'm putting more tongue pressure to them and they carry out a little bit longer. And remember, you have to make sure you breathe in in between each grunt. So these are pretty hard for a lot of people to, to master, but if you start now, you're gonna be a lot better for September and you'll have a better opportunity to call in an elk. All right, guys, we're gonna talk about the challenge bugle now. We talked earlier about location bugle. Challenge bugle is gonna sound a lot different. The location bugle is kind of a non-aggressive, not a lot of emotion. You probably hear Doug Flutie making that one over and over and over again and never changing it. But what we wanna do here is let that other bull know we're all about the business right now. So it's a very aggressive, a lot shorter call with a lot of emotion in it. And what I'm typically doing is putting a lot more air pressure. And if my, if my reed distorts a little bit, that's okay. That's gonna sound like I'm really pissed off. So here's what it's gonna sound like. One of those short, loud screams. You can, you can even inflect your voice at the end a little bit more just to make, make it sound like you're mad and you wanna fight. Now we're gonna talk about the infamous lip ball bugle that's where and it gets its name because you're buzzing your lips or making kind of a ball noise with your with your lips so we're going to buzz our lips and this is a super hard call for a lot of people to make if you have really long mustache hairs you're probably going to struggle with this one so make sure you trim your mustache back a little bit i struggle a lot with doing the lip ball on the front part of my lips I do it on the side. So what you're gonna to wanna to do is experiment and see where your lips buzz best. And before you ever try to, to do it with the diaphragm, what you wanna do is practice buzzing your lips into the tube. Then we wanna introduce the, the call and make just a little mosquito noise in there just to kind of to get your lips and your tongue and your diaphragm and everything work to work together.
Now, if you want to take it up a notch and go to the next level, you can do a full bugle and right mid bugle, you start buzzing your lips and then let off and then drop back down to that lower note. It's a pretty complicated one and you get your, your tongue, your lips, your brain and your diaphragm really have to make friends at this point. So this is what it's gonna sound like. And then here's just the regular lip ball. This one, it's gonna take a lot of time. I struggled with this for a lot of years and I kind of made up my mind that I was gonna learn how to do it. So it took, I don't know, a couple months of just sitting down and learning to buzz my lips properly and then allowing my tongue, my diaphragm, and my brain and everything to work in unison to get this down. So if you can't do it right off the bat, <laughs> that's pretty typical. If you really wanna get good at it, you just have to sit down Make the time and practice. Well guys, that's kind of a wrap just on talking about diaphragm sounds that we use for elk calling. Uh, we brought, like I said, brought in the big swinger here. Gotta bring a ringer, <laughs> gotta bring a ringer. Uh, no. uh, Dirk's knowledge base and how he calls is pretty impressive and uh, putting it into the woods is a whole nother scenario. So we got a video coming up kind of talking through all the calling scenarios, setups, and kind of how to use these sounds that you're working on in the woods. If you guys enjoyed this video and it was it brought you any value, hit that thumbs up button and, and subscribe to the channel. And if you're new here, welcome to Born and Raised Outdoors. We're here to entertain, educate, and inspire. And uh, hopefully we brought a little bit of that today for you.